the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Rob Black and your money. And your money. Now. 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 Here's, here's Rob Black. Welcome in to Rob Black and your money. The podcast, the webcast, the radio show. I want to talk a little money 101, all things financial. I really want to get everyone, you know, through 10, 15, 20 different types of chapters in your life of financial issues. We'll call today financial chapter one. Uh, maybe I'll get to two and three. And, you know, through the weeks, I'll be recording more of these. And I'll try to make them exclusive for you at some point in time as one package. Uh, but long story short, this is one of the big issues out there, in my opinion, is that a lot of people don't know the basics. They don't know things like you have to probably understand that every financial goal that you've ever dreamed about, you're not going to achieve. These are things that you got to know. You have to identify your goals clearly and why they matter to you. And you have to decide which are the most important. By you know, concentrating your efforts, you have a much better chance of actually making them come true. Now, again, that sounds kind of basic. Narrow your objectives. But sit down with some pen and paper. Come up with some ideas on how you handle money. Next thing that I'll throw up is focus first on the goals that matter the most. You'll have primary goals. You should have secondary goals. Maybe you'll even have some tertiary goals. Oftentimes, you'll need to put desirable but more or less important ones on the back burner. And that's okay. You know, like I want to own a sailboat in my life, but honestly, probably not going to happen until I'm 50 or 60. You know why? Because I don't have time for it. But it's a thing that I do want, a sailboat. And I also probably want it in a warmer weather versus the Bay Area of California. I'd probably want it in Santa Barbara. I'd probably want it in the Los Angeles, San Diego type of area. So understand that you focus on things that matter the most. I've written this down. Take some time to write down what's important to you. You know, my number one is, is age 60 to 100. I want to live like I'm living right now. I don't want to make sacrifices when I'm 65 years old. I don't want to say, hmm, filet or cat food. I happen to like filet. Be prepared for conflicts along the way as well. Even worthy goals often conflict with one another. When faced with such a conflict, you have to ask questions like, will one of the conflicting goals benefit more people than others? Which goal will cause the greater harm if it's deferred? Uh, for instance, like college planning. Uh, you have to take care of your retirement nest egg first, age 60 to 100 income. Uh, you might not be able to pay for your kid's college, but that's okay. You can help set them up with some student loans. You can help set them up with... Uh, you know, uh, if he ever misses a payment, say, hey, I'll, I'll gladly cover that for you. There's options in those scenarios. You want to put time on your side. The most important ally you have in reaching your goals is time. Money stashed in interest, earnings, savings accounts, or invested in stocks and bonds. It grows and it compounds. It doubles every 7.2 years. The more time, the more chance you have of success. Your age is a huge factor. Younger people who have more time to build their nest egg can invest differently than older people do. You know, for instance, one of the things that I say is if you have $10,000 by the time you're 30, you're set. That's your nest egg. You're done. Well, not quite, but almost. 
because that 10 will grow into 20, 20 will grow into 40, 40 will grow into 80, 80 will grow into 160, 160 will grow into $320,000 all over the next 40 years. So that's a lot of money from a very little amount of money. You need to put time on your side, and you really got to start younger versus older. Now, if you're older, can you pull it off? Yeah. If you're you know, 40 or 50, can you pull it off? Probably not. If you have nothing saved, you have to have something saved by age 40. Otherwise, you're probably going to work till the day you die. I think you need to choose real carefully at this time. When you drop a list of goals, you should look for things that will help you feel financially secure, happy, and fulfilled. Fulfilled. Some of the items that wind up on such lists include like building an emergency fund, getting out of debt, paying kids' tuitions. And once you have your list together, you need to rank them in some sort of order of importance. You need to prioritize. I think you want to include family members in this conversation or in this writing process. If you have a spouse or a significant other, make sure that person is aware of the goal-setting process. Let them be a part of it. Children, too, should have some say in some of the goals that affect them. I don't have a child, but... You know, do I, uh, would I respect my kid's opinion if they really want to, you know, see the Grand Canyon? Absolutely. And I would build that into my, my, my goals. Start now. Once you get this list of goals together, start now. The longer you wait to identify and begin working towards your goals, the more difficulty you're going to have at reaching them. Sweat out the big stuff. You know, once you've prioritized your list, keep your spending on course. Whenever you make a large payment for anything, ask yourself, is this taking me near my goals? Or is it leading me further away from them? If a big expense doesn't get you close to your goals, try to defer it or reduce it. For instance, I'm going to be moving soon, and I want to get myself a big TV. I've got an okay TV. I've got a 30-inch flat panel. But all my friends have 40-inch, 50-inch, 60-inch TVs. Part of me wants that. But if I didn't fund my 401k this year, there's no way I could do that because that's $1,000, $2,000. And that's a big part of funding your 401k. So don't sweat the small stuff. This is a lesson that, you know, focus on the big ticket Long-range plans, most of life is lived in this here and now, and most of what you'll spend will continue to be for daily expenses, including many that are simply for fun. That's okay, so long as your long-range needs are taken into consideration. You know, a lot of financial planners say, whatever you do, don't get a cup of coffee. Don't go to Starbucks and get a $5 latte until you fund your 401k. My opinion is go to Starbucks, get a latte if that's going to make you happy, but again, keep in mind that you need to fund that 401k. And be prepared for change. Your needs, your desires, they're going to change as you age. So you should probably re-examine your priorities at least every five years. There's no doubt about that in my mind. What are your top three financial objectives, for instance? Most people, when asked that question, they answer with general goals, such as achieving financial security. And yet the fact is that many of us haven't thought much about what financial objectives really matter the most. Instead, we muddle through our financial lives. We spend to meet the day-to-day expenses that dominate our attention. That approach risks leaving your most important objectives unfulfilled. That's what this lesson's all about. The first lesson in Money 101, All Things Financial, is identify the financial goals that matter the most to you. It's not as easy as it sounds, though, since financial goals continually collide with one another. You know, paying for a child's braces, that may rob you from, you know, putting money into his college fund. That may rob you from putting money into your 401k. Saving effectively for your kid's college, it could wipe out any hope of you know, your own retirement. There's no doubt about it. That's why to get what you want, you've got to decide, one, decide which goals take priority, and two, work towards the lesser goals only after uh, the really important ones are well provided for. Now, fortunately, you have at least one ally in meeting your long-range goal, time. 
That's an advantage because of the power of compounding. The fact that even a small amount of money can earn interest and that each year that interest gets applied to a growing sum of money. For example, you put aside the cost of a single candy bar, 65 cents each day. You invest that in a tax-deferred account that pays 5% a year. Right now, money markets are paying 5% a year. That string of savings would grow to $3,073 in just 10 years, and it's $16,470 in 30 years. So 65 cents a day, one candy bar becomes $16,470 in 30 years. To put the power of compounding on your side, you've got to start early because in 60 years, that would be you know, considerably more money. Because that, you know, well, let's just say in 40 years, that's, you know, that 65 cents would turn into almost $50,000. Now, for example, uh, the power of compounding, put it on your side, you start early. Suppose there are two siblings who both invest in individual retirement accounts, each earning 8% a year. That's below average. My sister starts at age 20, and for the next 10 years, she stuffs in $3,000 a year. At age 30, she stops and never adds another penny. I wait to invest until I'm 30. She starts at age 20. I put in $3,000 a year for the rest of my life. Who's going to be better off? She puts in $3,000 for 10 years, 30 total $1,000, and from at age 30, I put in $3,000 for the rest of my life. My sister's going to reach 65 with over $642,000 while I'm going to have a little under 518000 That's 20% less. That's the benefit of starting early. And that also takes away the penalty of me of, you know, at some point in time, she could take her foot off the accelerator of funding. I can't. Now, of course, it's far better to start early and keep it up. If both siblings started saving $3,000 a year, me and my sister, in an IRA at age 20, and we kept it up until retirement, each would end up with nearly $1.2 million. The point is that put time on your side. You need to decide early which of the many possible financial goals are really worth pursuing and start working on them. You know, to get started, make a list of all things that you're going to need to feel secure, happy, and fulfilled. These can range from you know, getting out of debt to you know, luxurious, Lamborghini. You don't need to prioritize them. Not yet. But you should try to put all down on paper, everything money-related, that gets you started, that gets you excited, that gets you thinking. And if you have a spouse or a significant other, do it together because, you know, here's some common things. You might want to accumulate enough savings to handle an emergency. You might want to buy a house together. You might want to get out of debt and stay out of debt. You might want to pay for college education. You might want to amass enough wealth to retire comfortably. You might want to ensure that your parents are comfortable and well taken care of in their old age. So once you have your list in hand, you're able to start making decisions. After you've clarified your priorities, what you do now is – You know, what do you do with that insight? You know, you now have some goals. You now have some ideas. And each time you spend more than your pocket change on a purchase, that doesn't help you attain one of your chief goals. So ask yourself, is this outlay really necessary? For example, let's say your highest priority right now is achieving financial independence. And let's say you've saved $4,000 to take the family on vacation. If you take that trip, you'll be an additional $4,000 away from kissing the time clock goodbye. Further, actually, since 4000 in savings would grow to nearly 20000 over the next 20 years at 8%. Now, of course, if your family has been expecting the trip for months, you'd be unfair to tell them that it's off. Instead, from the beginning, you should have earmarked the cash for your investment portfolio and either planned a low-ticket vacation or worked to deal with the family members to take the trip later. Now, okay, you say, but that choice, that's not terribly difficult. You're more concerned about tougher decisions, choosing, for instance, amongst such priorities as healthcare, educations, and savings. All are important. There's no doubt about it. And how do you resolve conflicts amongst them? 
No single approach is going to work for everyone, but here are some guidelines that will help. Is someone's health involved? If you believe that the ultimate purpose of money is to make life better, then you might decide that a saving cash at the cost of your well-being or relatives is a poor choice. So you may say, you know, 401k is not important to me. You know, my life, my health is. For most people, someone's illness is the rainy day for which they've been saving. So I'd say start a retirement plan only after you've started an emergency fund plan so that when you do get sick, you don't have to take from the retirement plan to pay for your health. Now, how many people will be affected by your choice is always going to be a big question for people. You can't put every nickel and dime towards your top priorities, nor should you, like I've said. Instead, you need to set aside part of your income for current pleasures so long as you have enough cash left over to put toward your long-range goals. Also, remember that as the years go by, your priorities are going to change. You'll need to keep that list, and you'll need to re-examine it. When you can save a dollar, you need to decide why you're putting it away and where you're going to put it. In addition, if you acquire the habit of quickly rating the urgency of every big purchase against your primary financial goals... You're kidding yourself. You know, if, if you're basically saying, I need that TV and you don't save, or I need a new car and you don't save, or uh, I need some new business suits and you don't save, you're kidding yourself because then you're going to hit 60 and you're going to have nothing. I want to give you some examples of plans you might want to drop to meet, you know, some of the common objectives. I think the common objectives that most people have is getting out of debt, paying for college and financing your retirement. First and foremost, let's talk about getting out of debt. If you struggle to meet credit card payments every month, then face it, you probably need to shed or consolidate some of that debt. You got too much debt. I've honestly seen people with $70,000 of credit card debt, and it appalls me. You know, for example, suppose you owe $3,000 in outstanding credit cards, and let's say it's 16%, because that's a pretty common rate. Let's say you have a car loan at 9%. To pay off both of these obligations in a year, you'll need to pony up $1,100 a month. But if you're a homeowner with equity in your property, you could borrow $13,000 at a home equity loan at the same 9% and retire those other bills. Now, your cost to pay off the home equity loan in a year would be slightly over $1,100 a month because you're no longer paying high credit card rates of interest. Moreover, because you can deduct the interest on most home equity loans, you reduce your taxable income by $642 that year, saving $212 for someone in the 33% federal tax bracket, which is common. The government would help you pay off your expenses. So sometimes when you do have those credit card issues, you do need to look at your home and your home equity line of credit to retire debt, even if it's the same 9% on average. This kind of strategy only works, though, if you stop charging on your credit cards, and that's a big thing. People have problems. As far as paying for college, tuition, room, and board, it's $30,000 a year right now. That bill is projected to reach about $80,000 by the time this year's crop of newborn kids go to college. So in 80, 18 years, College should be $80,000 a year in theory. Now, your children may qualify for financial aid either from the form of a scholarship alone. A lot of students work their way through college. Kids aren't going to be able to work their way through $80,000 a year. But if you want to spare your kids the burden of graduating in debt, there's a lot of good things. Like, um, for instance, a lot of states offer what are called 529 plans, which are contributions which go into a pre-selected mutual fund, grows tax-free each year, withdraws pay tuition tax-free. You can open up what's called a Coverdell Education Savings Account. It was previously called an education IRA, and that lets you put $2,000 a year in after taxes into a bank account or into other investments. Earnings on the type of account are totally tax-free, provided the money is used for tuition when it's withdrawn. And it's amazing how far these plans will get you. For example, if you started putting in $2,000 a year after, and you get 8%, after 18 years, you'd have $80,000. So you can 
pay for college if you start early. Now let's talk about financing a retirement. A huge rule of thumb says that retirees need only 70% of their pre-retirement income to maintain their lifestyle since they no longer have to pay for such cost as commuting and for work clothes. But you know what? Other costs in retirement go up like utility bills, your home all day. Now the price of hobbies, that's going to go up price of travel. You're going to be, you know, bored out of your mind. Clearly the cost of healthcare is skyrocketing. So some retirees find that they need as much income in retirement as they spent while working. Now, unfortunately, traditional pensions, they're not there. They're not there anymore. They were there 20, 30, 40 years ago, but now it's all about social security and it's all about 401ks and IRAs. The younger you are, the less certain you can be about how much money you're going to receive at age 65 when you hit social security. Like, I feel like I'm going to get maybe, I get little statements right now that say, you know, I'm going to get, you know, 18,000 a year. I'm assuming I'm going to get 9,000 a year because I see how underfunded social security is. I think kids today might get $4,500 a year because I see how underfunded it is. Now, because Social Security benefits may be revised, employers are free at any time to change pension plans. Congress can change laws governing retirement savings plans at any time. So you have to really plan on yourself and not on Social Security and not on the pension and not on, you know, um, you know, the basics out there that used to be present. You know, a bear market of the past, you know, in 2000, 2001, 2002, it underscored the point that stocks can be extremely volatile in a short period of time. But now, again, the seven years before that were glorious, glorious, glorious. So you do want to, in my opinion, understand that markets turn down, on average, three times out of every 10 years. So they're up seven times out of 10. That's why you need what's, when you hit retirement, you need three years of safe money so that you're never selling assets at lows. You're always selling assets at highs. To make retirement finances secure, you need to contribute as many different plans as possible. Um, 401k and a Roth IRA, for instance, and Social Security. Social Security is a plan. You're contributing to it. It's coming out of your paycheck. So let's call Social Security your safest money. Let's call a Roth IRA and a 401k two totally different beasts. A Roth IRA is money that you've already paid taxes on. So if you earned a dollar, your job probably paid 75 cents. 77 cents. You probably got taxed 23 cents to 25 cents on that money. Maybe as much, little as little as 67 cents. So you're somewhere in that 25 to 35% tax bracket. So you're putting in money that's already lost money. But the nice thing is it's going to grow tax deferred. It's going to grow tax free. And when you take it out in retirement in a Roth IRA, you pay no taxes on it. So you don't lose that 15%, which is the typical average tax bracket of someone in retirement. Now, on the other hand, with your 401k, any money that you put into your 401k for every dollar that you earn at the company, you actually are putting real untaxed money. It's never been touched by federal or state regulators. They've never taxed it. You're putting real money completely into your nest egg, and it's going to grow tax-deferred, tax-free. But when you take it out, it's going to come out at a 15% tax bracket. So I would say if you want to be wise and if you want to insure against possible you know, retirement plan changes, like the Congress may say you have to you know, work until you're 70 before you get you know, your Social Security – I don't know. I mean, it's already gone up in my lifetime. I expect uh, the age of retirement is going to go up again. So long story short, um, come up with some plans, have some dreams, prioritize them, start funding them. Let's say the average person needs to put 10% of their income into a retirement plan. Again, you're only going to work from age 20 to 60. And from 60 to 100, you're going to have to live off everything that you saved. So I say save at least 10% as much as 20%. 
Now, I gave you some ideas on how to get out of debt. You know, so you're going to have to look around at times and say home equity line is better than, you know, paying off these individual credit cards. I told you some ideas on paying for college. $2,000 a year when the kid's born. You may not have the option if you're starting to save for college at age 10 of paying for their college. That's okay. Because to me, your nest egg, your financing retirement is more important than your kids going to college. A lot of kids go to college without, you know, the help of their parents. A lot of kids wait till they're age 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. A lot of kids go into the military to do it. A lot of kids, um, you know, they start and drop out. They find out they're not very good at it. So do I want you to give up your nest egg for your kids? Not a chance on the planet. I'm talking money 101. I'm talking lessons on finance. I'm going to do a 20-part series. That was part one. Coming up, I'm going to go into part two. On Rob Black and Your Money, I'm Rob Black. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.